One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is Able Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadiac. And I am Courtney Eck. And we are sisters. Yep, check. Our true crime podcast said that, check. Yep. And Courtney's going to tell you a story tonight. I am. Tonight I'm going to tell you all about the disappearance of Ashley Reeves. Tell me about it. In April of... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Don't have to beg. I'm just going to... It's it's lined up. I'm just going to tell it to you. In April of 2006, 17-year-old Ashley Reeves was a high school student who was funny, bright, and full of life and lived with her family in Millstadt, Illinois, not far from St. Louis. Ashley got good grades, she loved her parents, and enjoyed spending time with her boyfriend, Jeremy Smith. Her younger sister, Casey, said she looked up to her big sister as she was motivated, strong, popular, and was always out having fun and had big plans for her future. On the afternoon of Thursday, April 26, 2006, Ashley borrowed her boyfriend's SUV to drop her sister off at home and then left to drive to a job interview in Fairview Heights, which is a town about 15 or 20 minutes away from Millstadt. She was gone for the rest of the afternoon and then into the evening, and when Ashley still hadn't returned by her 10.30 p.m. curfew and no one had heard from her, her family became seriously concerned. Yeah, I bet. Ashley was never rebellious and was not in the habit of not checking in, so the family reached out to Ashley's friends, who had also not heard from her that evening, and no one could get her to answer her phone or return their texts. Ashley's mom called police in a total panic, and police launched a missing persons investigation immediately. Good. I know. He was like, we get a lot of these calls. We get these calls all the time, but he was like, this one just felt different. We just went for it. They soon found the car Ashley had been driving in Latterman Park, which was in Belleville, about 15 minutes away from Ashley's home. Inside of the SUV, they found the outfit Ashley had packed for the job interview, as well as clothes to play basketball in, but there was no sign of the teenager anywhere. Police were very disturbed by the discovery and started questioning all of Ashley's friends and family to see if they could get a better sense of when she was last seen or heard from. They questioned her boyfriend, Jeremy, who was described as a, quote, parent's dream and was good-hearted, wholesome, and an honest person who was very kind to Ashley. Don't trust him. (laughs) (laughs) 
Regardless, Jeremy was immediately questioned as he was one of the people who was closest to her, and he was very cooperative and forthright when speaking to the police. He told them that he was out of town having dinner with his uncle on the night Ashley disappeared. He said that the last time he'd heard from Ashley was when she'd reached out around noon on the day she disappeared and told him to call her if he had a chance. But that was the last thing he'd heard from her. Police said that they felt pretty strongly that he hadn't had anything to do with her disappearance, and toward the end of the interview, he revealed some information that would be crucial to the case. He said that when she'd texted him at noon the day before, she told him that she'd planned to go to the job interview that night and then was going to play basketball. Police had found her basketball clothes in the SUV and were immediately curious about why she would drive 15 minutes away to play basketball rather than just play at school or somewhere closer to home. As police questioned Ashley's friends, one of them revealed that Ashley would frequently meet a man at a park to play basketball, and that man was 26-year-old Samson Shelton. Sam was the driver's ed and gym teacher at a nearby school who also aspired to be a pro wrestler, and his wrestling name was The Teacher. Oh, no, that's gross. That's really (laughs) yucky. I don't like that. Sam had been a student teacher at Ashley's school at one point, and he was the kind of teacher that all of the girls had a crush on with his athletic build and pretty blue eyes. Yeah. And how old is Ashley again? 17. Okay. Police questioned Ashley's boyfriend, Jeremy, about her friendship with Sam and wondered if he could have had something to do with her disappearance. Jeremy immediately defended Sam and said that he couldn't imagine him ever harming anyone in any way. Ashley's sister said that she and her mom made their way through Ashley's phone bill and called every number on there to see if she could find somebody who knew something about what had happened to her, and Sam's number had been called from Ashley's phone a couple of times on the night she disappeared. Ashley's mother immediately got a hold of Sam, and he had been out line dancing at the time and said that he hadn't seen or heard from her, like on the night, so he was one of the first people they called, yeah. Luckily, Ashley's mother was the account holder on her phone. Good. So she could so get she got, access. Yeah, right away. Initially, police just considered Sam a minor lead as they were made aware that he and Ashley had a friendship and occasionally played basketball together. But as they questioned Ashley's friends, they began to hear rumors that the relationship might have been more romantic in nature than they originally thought at least according to what Ashley was telling her friends. And so Sam is older. He was a student teacher, but not like a current. No, he's a current teacher. Sorry, he he had been a student teacher at Ashley's school. They had met when she was in middle school. Now she's in high school. He was a gym teacher and driver's ed teacher at a rival school. school. Okay. Yes, exactly. But he's still older than her. and Yeah, he's a 26-year-old teacher. Yes, he's 26. He's a grown man. Mm Mm-hmm. They went to the school where he worked, took Sam out of baseball practice, and brought him in for questioning, and he was extremely friendly and helpful. He said that, despite what Ashley had been gossiping about with her friends, their relationship was strictly platonic and friendly, and the most contact they'd ever had was the occasional hug goodbye after they hung out. Yeah, you should don't do that either. Stop. Just don't play Don't hang out. Young yeah. girls by, by yourselves. If you're going to have some sort of, like, neighborhood league... Or a couple of kids or something. I don't know. It's Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I just think that's a really tricky boundary, obviously. I agree. I agree. Yeah. 
I mean, after school tutoring or something or basketball right. at school. Like there are right. things that are appropriate ways to spend time with some with a younger person if you think they need an adult to spend time with yeah, them, right? Yeah, we like babysat teachers' kids every once in a while, but like never alone, you know. Maybe no. the teacher would bring us home or, you know, but... Right, drive us wasn't, to or from. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like we were buddies. It was a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't hanging out with them, like, on our own recreationally no. at, in, at night. No. So he told police that he'd actually been avoiding Ashley for several days because he'd recently sensed that her feelings had changed and she'd started calling him so frequently, some days it felt that it was almost nonstop. Hmm. He said that he'd started avoiding her in hopes that she'd get over her crush and leave him alone sooner than later. Despite Sam's friendly and cooperative nature, police felt skeptical of the young teacher's story. Big mm-hmm. fucking surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm continued- pretty skeptical. I'm not. I'm no police, but I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't have that uh, deep and extensive forensic training, but... <laughs> So they continued to press him for information, hoping they could get something out of him that would lead to Ashley. Police confronted Sam with the specific things that Ashley's friends had shared about their relationship. And at that point, his story started to change Mm -hmm. a little bit. He then told the police that maybe they had had more contact than just a goodbye hug. He started out by clarifying that they had, quote, never kissed. He's never, multiple times, we never kissed, we never kissed, we never kissed. But he did admit that they had had sexual intercourse in the God. back of a truck. And he, quote, felt absolutely terrible about that. Oh, I bet, I bet, I bet he felt really terrible about it. They never kissed Sadie, though. Gross. So it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Just right. Like, like, does he think he's pretty woman over there or something? It's like, not romantic. Oh, my God. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. It's not intimate if you don't kiss. It's just sexual intercourse with a minor. Oh, God. Yeah. Just statutory rape. Oh. His, yeah. His story shifted again during the interrogation, and he started to admit that he had pursued a relationship with a 17-year-old, but later said that he'd been trying to end the relationship. Police said that aside from the fact that he had already admitted to having sex with a minor, the story changed so much as he spoke that they were extremely suspicious that Sam had something to do with Ashley's disappearance. Uh Once again, I'm not trained in forensic science, but I think you're on, I think you're onto something. I think you're cracking the case wide open over (laughs) here, guys. Do it. Keep going. At one point, detectives finally asked if he was ready to come clean because, quote, the ship was sinking and they caught him in lie after lie. Sam then admitted to police that Ashley had been in his car the day before, on the very day that Ashley had disappeared, and they'd gotten into an argument, so he'd left her by the side of the road, but she was very much alive. Mm-hmm. He said that he pulled over and unbuckled her seatbelt and insisted she get out of the car, but she refused. He said he realized he'd have to force her out and she was screaming and kicking as he physically took her out of his car and that he put her on the ground on the side of Radio Range Road and then took off. Police asked him why he then went line dancing, knowing that Ashley was wandering somewhere in the dark on the side of the road, especially after he heard from Ashley's mother that she was missing. Right. He said that he, quote, didn't want to drive by there because if he drove by there and she'd been hit by a car or something, he could not stand that. Oh, my God. 
He said that he has a, quote, very weak stomach when it comes to <gasps> horror movies and still had stuff in his head from the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre and that he would have felt, quote, absolutely horrible if he'd seen her dead on the side of the road. <laughs> okay. Uh, we uh, That is shocking. Sadie. Courtney. Oh, my God. Sadie, he's sensitive. He has a, he has a sense of tummy. He's sensitive. He's still thinking about the new Chainsaw Massacre. It's still in his head. All of these days, weeks, months later, Sadie. So how is he then to be expected to Go confirm find. or see with his eyes that his 17-year-old lover has been hit by a car? Right. He cannot be expected to do that. That is too much to to expect from someone. Like, and it should also be illegal to abandon a minor on the side of the road in the dark. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There should be some sort of like anti-Samaritan law against yes. that for sure. So police continued to question him for 12 hours, but he continued to stick to his story that he simply left her on the side of the road, but that she'd been alive at that point. Then at one point, Sam left to take a bathroom break and ran into the lead detective, Detective Johnson, on his way, who he was familiar with because Sam had been an explorer in the Law Enforcement Explorer Program, Mm. which is a part of the Boy Scouts, where the Scouts learn about law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Detective Johnson decided at that point that he should take over the interview, hoping Sam would be more forthcoming since they had more of a personal relationship already. 20 minutes later, Detective Johnson asked Sam what his grandmother would say if he explained the situation to her, and Sam responded that he just wanted to go home and tell his mom and grandma what happened just to clear it up with them. He's like, I just want to go Mm -hmm. home and tell them because they're, you know, I don't want them to think that I had anything to do with this, essentially. So the detective continued to bring up his mom and grandmother and said that everything they taught him growing up was within him. And essentially that he needed to tell the truth, knowing that's what his grandma and mom would want. Sam started to weep at that point and asked to be alone, which detectives allowed for for a few minutes, knowing that he was on the verge of confessing. Mm-hmm. Sam then asked if he could show detectives where she was and mm. then confess to what had actually happened to Ashley. Mm-mm. He said that he drove her deep into a wooded area in a park called Citizens Park and then, quote, tied a thing around her neck to make it look like someone had choked her. Oh. Police agreed to let him show them where he dumped her body, but at that point it was dark and rainy and Sam had a hard time remembering where he'd taken her exactly once they were out in the thick woods. Detectives said that they'd suspected he'd taken them on a wild goose chase after searching for about 30 minutes with no sign of Ashley. But they continued to search until their flashlights landed on something in the bushes and they found Ashley's body where Sam had left it the day before. No. Ashley was laying on the ground on her back with ligature marks around her neck, her tongue protruding from her mouth, and she was covered from head to toe in insect bites as she'd been in the woods for around 30 hours at that point. Police approached her body and were absolutely stunned when she started to move. <gasps> what? Surprise! This is a survivor story. Oh my God. She was still alive, you oh guys. my God. Yep. 
I thought we could use a survivor Surprise story after of the nation two <laughs> hell house stories. I have uh, taken you through yes. enough in the last couple of weeks. Oh my goodness. So there is body cam footage. You can see them find her. There is footage of her of them finding her. Oh and in the footage, God. I know, Ashley opened her eyes and weakly gestured to them with her arm. And they realized that she was still alive, but just barely. Oh, my God. I have full body chills. And I know that phrase is like, but yeah. like I literally <laughs> I do. Can you imagine? No. I would no. die. I would die of excitement and <laughs> fright know. and like everything. Yes. All of the emotions all at once. It's the, you, the tongue protruding part. Like that, you know, like that. Well, just, she's you, laying there and she can't put her tongue back in her mouth. Oh, like honey. It's, it's out of oh, her my head. Gosh. For 30 hours, they said there was like insects and bugs oh, and things honey. crawling all over her face and her no. mouth. Like, Yes. Yes, and you can hear the men. Like you can hear, they're just like, oh my goodness, they're oh, just like, I, Ashley. I just Ashley, got chills oh again. Oh my god, no. like I holding can't. her hand, like just so excited. Like, I can cannot. you talk to me? Can you talk? Are you? Yeah, believe it. Yeah. Wow. Oh no, I'd piss my pants. I would piss my pants. Oh my I'd god, tears in my eyes talking about it. Thank God, they. I don't. They did yeah. this. Like, think it just took a day. And they One day. figured out how to get the confession and they could find her. Can you believe it? Like that never happens. Never happens. I mean, think about how many people that were just, you know, a couple of hours away from being saved. Yeah. You know, like one little detail. It could have just happened place. quicker. Oh, yeah. so many chills. So she was unable to communicate with the police officers who initially found her and they raced her to the nearest hospital to try to save her life. Hurry, go, 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 go. (laughs) The paramedics who worked on Ashley didn't think her chances of survival were very good at all, considering she'd been strangled to the edge of her life and then left in the cold woods without a coat or warm clothing overnight and clearly had suffered a traumatic brain injury. Oh, my God. I mean, thank God. You know, it's so lucky she's young and, like, had all of this life still in her yes. body, you know? Yes. Oh. Yes. Big time. My cracky ass on the dried up fucking <laughs> witch's body would last like right? 35, 40 no. minutes tops. I literally, like, I threw my yeah. back out recently by sleeping too long in one position. Courtney. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yep. I get wow. it. Yep. Sam gave a full confession at that point and described how he and Ashley had gotten into an argument as he described and she refused to get out of his car. This next part is super graphic, but I'm Mm. just going to tell you all the details so you can understand what this poor girl endured and survived. He said that he was able to use his pro wrestling skills to get her into a tight chokehold. And Mm -hmm. when he did that, he heard her neck pop and then she immediately went limp. Oh, no. He said that he panicked at that point and decided to make it look like she'd been strangled in the woods. Look, quote unquote, look like she'd been strangled in the woods. So I he strangled what... her in the woods. So he tried to joke her with his bare hands. Mm-mm. He said that she was still breathing at that point. So he put a belt around her neck Mm-mm. and pulled on it for as Mm-mm. long as he could. He said that he had to turn his head away because he couldn't watch <laughs> what he was doing. And then he heard her make a gurgling noise. And when he turned back, she had foam and spit coming from her mouth. And she was, quote, the sickest color he'd ever seen. And her tongue was protruding from between her teeth. Mm -mm. He then resumed choking her with the belt Mm -mm. using his 
fucking foot for leverage that time. Oh. And he did so until the belt broke. Oh, my God. He repositioned. I don't know if he repositioned the belt or used his hands. I read two different things. But basically, then he started again. So he could continue to strangle her until there were no more signs of life left in Ashley's body. And then he left her in the woods. He strangled her three times and she fucking survived and broke her neck, broke her neck and then strangled her three times. Wow. He said he then, quote, darted out of there like a bat out of hell. Oh, I hate this guy. And let's not forget that after this, he goes fucking line dancing. Mm -hmm. Like there's video of him too Mm -hmm. at the line dancing place. Yeah. Mm Hmm. So then after describing how he'd brutally strangled a 17-year-old girl to the edge of her life and then left her in the cold, dark woods to die, he asked detectives if he was going to be able to get contact solution to take his contacts out (laughs) and a toothbrush to brush his teeth. Oh my God. He is just catered. He was catered to his whole life. 100 million, billion, trillion percent. Oh my God. The officer replied... I don't think so. <laughs> it was just like the most perfect. He's like, yeah. Um, I don't Mm-mm. think so. Sadie, did you know that one out of eight couples struggles with infertility? I actually did kind of know that, but that's because I'm a doula. So I don't count. I don't think most people know that. No, that's a lot of people. And I don't think most people know are are really ready to talk about it. But we need good data and information about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and make the best decisions for ourselves and our futures. Well, fertility equals hormones. And if your hormones are in balance, then it's a problem for everybody. And that's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within six business days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, like your ovarian reserve, which means if you have enough, like more or fewer eggs than average for your age, and other important factors that can impact your fertility. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next steps, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Traditional hormone testing at fertility clinics can cost over $600, but Modern Fertility tests the same general set of hormones at a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash theywill30, you get $30 off your test. Plus, you can get reimbursed for the test through your FSA HSA. So right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $30 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash theywill30. This is a limited time offer for $30 off. That means your test will cost $149. Nice. Hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost much more than three times as much. Get $30 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash theywill30. Modernfertility.com slash theywill30. He then asked, get this. He then asked if he would be able to get, quote, like a little private toilet because he can't pee when there's people around because of his, quote, urinary stress disorder. O-M-A-G. <laughs> what? Yes. Where does he think he's going? And the detective replied again, yeah, I don't know, Sam. <laughs> to which <laughs> Sam replied... Yeah, because I'll be miserable if I can't pee. Uh, uh-huh. Wow. Yep. I just, 
I just am really actually very glad that he gets to suffer now. Like, oh boy. I was, like, do you know what's miserable, Sam? Yeah. Taking the life of a fucking 17-year-old, yes. like torturing her to near death and then leaving her in the cold, in the woods, in the dark yes. for 30 fucking hours. Like, you have no idea what misery is. Not no. even the beginning of the slightest clue what it feels like to be miserable. I could also kind of relate because I, my, the way my brain works, like they, I would have wound down the interview and then the officers would be sort of talking to me and I'd be like, oh shit, how am I going to take out my contact? seriously like it's definitely yeah but i would keep that shit to myself i would yeah you tried to kill somebody yeah you'll figure out how to pee dumbass (laughs) are we going to talk about why what they argued about yes okay so samson shelton was arrested and charged with attempted murder he posted bail and was released while awaiting trial he got bail yeah he yep. got bail. Yes, he did. He got bail. He got a bail. A statutory raper, yep. murderer, attempted yep. murderer, got yep. bail. Yep. And she is vulnerable. Yep. And still alive for now. Yep. And they yep. let him out on bail. Yep. Yep. Admitted. I... He admitted to trying to murder this girl. Yep. Brutal murder brutally murder trying to brutally murder this girl yes yep and then made it all about himself and then talked Mm -hmm. about how he can't pee pee too good Mm -hmm. so right before he was set to go to trial he attempted to commit suicide by taking prescription pills and drinking jägermeister of course jägermeister of course he is really bad at this and then he punched and spit on the emts who showed up to save his life I'm just, yep. I, I'm over him. So over him. Get ready, because it's worse. They also found the words, do not resuscitate, written on his chest. Which, the word <laughs> resuscitate, like, if anybody actually knows how to spell resuscitate, I just picture him, yeah. like, Googling it and then, like, writing it backwards. That's <laughs> fucking totally grow up. Ugh. Um, and when they brought him into the hospital, he called a nurse a racial slur and kicked her in the face. You are kidding me. Nope. Nope. Authorities felt very confident that the suicide attempt had simply been a way to potentially garner sympathy in court. And I very much agree with them. Yeah. Clearly. Ashley's family desperately wanted her to avoid to have to tell her story so soon after her attack. So they agreed that the prosecution should offer a plea deal. They did. And Sam accepted the plea and pled guilty in exchange for 20 years in prison. He will be eligible for parole in April of 2024 when he will be 44 years old. Oh, that's not good enough. I figured that was coming up if this happened in 2006. Yeah. I know. I was like, fuck, man. How was that like 20 years ago? Wow. Help me. Help me. I know, me. right? Help. 2006 was just five years ago. Mm-hmm. So Ashley, let's talk about Ashley, beat all odds and made a stunning recovery from the attack. God, that's amazing. She was initially in a coma, and it took a while for her to wake up. I'm not enti- I don't know how long, um, as her brain processed the trauma of what she'd endured both physically and mentally. Over the next few months, she had to learn how to do a lot of things that she'd forgotten how to do after her brain was deprived of oxygen, including speaking, eating, and drinking. She said she remembers her first drink of water, and it was amazing. Oh, I cannot imagine. I just got chills again. I cannot 
imagine. Within a year, she had made a near full recovery. And a year, she was like back to normal and was able to graduate from high school. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she isn't just laying in the bed. I know. How yep. our our bodies and our brains are amazing. They're her will, amazing. power, like her... amazing. I know. So Ashley has very much moved on with her life. Is a mother of two and doesn't remember the incident at all, and has Good. no memory of the days leading up to and the weeks after she was Good. attacked. That's a, a tiny mercy. Yeah. The one thing she does know is that she was the one who was trying to break off the relationship that day. Of course. And that's why they got into a fight in the first place. Of course, that's what it was. Of course, he threw a fucking baby fit and tried to kill her. Yeah. She said that she just watched the police interrogation videos recently and had to turn it off after just about a minute because she was so disgusted by Sam's lies and total lack of remorse. Yeah, no doubt. She said she's also watched the police body cam videos from when they found her right up to the point that they show her lying in the woods. She said she wanted to see where she was left to give herself a sense of pride for knowing how hard she fought and how far (laughs) she'd come. She revisited the spot where Sam left her in 2017 and said, quote, it's kind of hard to believe that this is actually where I was for that long and in that condition. It makes me feel like maybe I'm as tough as everyone says I am. I'm a fighter, and I just keep wanting to push myself harder and harder. Oh, so many chills. You are so amazing. (laughs) Ashley, like, I know it's not so easy to just know that you're amazing, but girl, you are so amazing. So amazing. Yeah, she's got two kids. She works. She does. She's a caregiver. She's I mean, she can gorgeous. Like she can around. Yes. She can brush her own hair. Yeah. She, remarkable. You know? Remarkable. It's remarkable. Wow. She's a fucking miracle. Yes. Wow. She's an actual miracle. So I did want to throw in a little bit of information about grooming because yep. I think that's important when you're talking Good. about a case like this. Yep. And I also, like, in 2022, where everything is, like, child trafficking, like, you know, it's, we think right. that just everything all the time is a child trafficking scenario. Right. I don't want to be, like, overly sensational, especially when talking about educators. But I did look at, at like, educators. How, how common is it, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was an educator. So according to the Journal of, Se- of Child Sexual Abuse, which is a scholarly and peer-reviewed journal. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry, you guys. Whoever puts that together. Wow. That's a but job. It, it, I found this, you know, it looked like it was a peer-reviewed article, but then I double, triple checked because I was like, what if I just found some weird, like, <laughs> oh. QAnon website or something? Oh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. No, <laughs> yeah. I do. Yes. No, the Journal be very of Child careful. Sexual Abuse is real and very well respected. So this is just one long quote. I'm just going to read directly from it. Uh, In a study of 80,000 children between K through 12, 9.6 said that they had been abused by an educator. 9.6%, I'm sorry, percent. Um, This is pretty consistent with a study in Israel where 8% of secondary students reported being abused by an educator. That feels very high. I thought so too. And I don't know what the, if that is... Because, like, I was sort of sexually harassed, not sort of, I was sexually harassed in high school by a teacher, like, for being gay, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know if they were including 
like verbal thing. You know, I don't know entirely what the criteria is, but I think when they're saying abuse, they, they mean like abused. Yeah, sort of, right. yeah. yeah. So educators targeting elementary school children were often high achievers in the profession. So we're talking first about elementary school abusers. Uh, so they were very high achievers in the profession who had been recognized with awards for their teaching mm-hmm. efforts. Of course. The popularity and trust evoked by these educators may perplex school officials and community members when allegations of sexual misconduct are made. As a further complication, the teacher's professional reputation may result in a tendency to dismiss or ignore allegations. Mm. It was theorized that this type of abuser works at being recognized as a good teacher to secure trust and an irreproachable reputation in furtherance of his or her goal of sexual misconduct. Right. Of misconduct yeah, right? it makes total sense. Yep. For example, in Texas, a well-regarded band director had been convicted of sexual misconduct with a student. It was found that he kept decades worth of pictures and notes as trophies. Mm. Ugh. Vomit. In contrast, educators who teach at the late, middle, and high school level target victims in this age range. They might be outstanding teachers, although they might also be mediocre. Sexual abuse at this level may be less premeditated and planned and more of a result of bad judgment. Right. For example, a recent case in New York State involved a married 33-year-old teacher who was abusing substances. The teacher reported feeling flattered that one of her 15-year-old male students found her attractive. Their affair, quote, became public when the highly intoxicated teacher announced it to students and others nearby (laughs) during a school basketball game. That's a problem. Yep. The majority of educators who abuse are classroom teachers, about 18%. The next most common abusers are coaches at 15%, but bus drivers, administrators, and others affiliated with the school might also offend. Most sexual abuse of students by adults occurs in the school, in empty classrooms, hallways, and in offices. Oh, I hate it. It is common, I know, it is common for teachers to target vulnerable or marginal students who feel especially gratified by the extra attention. So all of that said, 97% of child sex offenders are not educators. Right. Okay. So yes. again, like treading well, lightly on that right. topic, like your kids are not very, it's pretty unlikely they're going to be abused at school. Well, sure. Right? And teachers and administrators and bus drivers and all of it, like our heroes across the board. hundred percent, a million, yes. trillion, billion percent. Yes. But I think it's, you know, if there, if there is somebody who is slightly predatory or very predatory in of your school, course. they're going to target the kids who aren't going home straight after school, mm-hmm. you know, who mm-hmm. know that their parents aren't paying close attention. Well, so, I, sorry, real quick. I just, uh, yeah. it brings up, I've been thinking a lot about my, uh, my oldest is on the bus this year and yeah. he's the very first one to be picked up. And the paranoid part of my brain is like, that feels kind of vulnerable right. that he, you know, and I don't, I don't not trust his bus driver i don't know the guy i don't know but it's just sort right. of like it's in there right. it's i think about it like yeah he's alone with a strange man that i don't know it, right. i don't know how long it you know like i'm just it's a trust big trust thing like i'm just letting him on totally. this empty bus this completely empty bus every morning it's and totally. hoping for the best 
Yeah. And I'm sure he's alone with him for one minute to three minutes. But yes, I get <laughs> yeah, it. I totally you know, like, get it. It's, it is in the back of my mind. Yeah. Well, you yeah. just have to, I mean, these, yeah, again, if you're, if you're engaged with your children, if you're talking mm-hmm. to your children, if you're like, you know, somewhat involved in their lives, like the chances of somebody abusing them or grooming them are significantly less. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's keep that in mind. But that said, a little bit of grooming statistics too, just in case some people aren't aware of grooming behavior in 2022, because it's super fucking important because it's super sneaky. Offenders carefully groom victims by systematically separating them from family and peers. Once isolated, victims are more easily exploited and manipulated into sexual relationships. 91 child sex offenders who were not educators were interviewed about how they selected and maintained their victims. Offenders reported using a variety of methods to select victims and to establish and maintain sexual relationships. Victims were often selected because the offender perceived them as vulnerable, isolated, and or emotionally needy. Mm-hmm. So the first step is targeting. They choose children who are vulnerable with less parental oversight, socially isolated, or emotionally needy. Their strategies are caretaking, either babysitting, teaching, or tutoring. Uh, they form special relationships with them. They welcome into their home and gain the trust of their parents. They give them gifts, games, and special time. They isolate them. They seize on feelings of being unloved and unappreciated. They form emotional bonding and trust building. They desensitize the children to sex through Mm -hmm. taking pictures, watching pornographic videos. They use pretense uh, like teaching, exploring, and closeness to exploit the victim's natural sexual curiosity or uncertainty. And then the maintenance of these relationships um, is through bribes, gifts to ensure continued compliance. They threaten dire consequences to ensure secrecy. They threaten to blame the victim. And they threaten loss of their loving relationship. So there's some tips, but back to Ashley. She fucking survived. Her predatory <laughs> teacher, she survived. She's here to this day. She's a loving mother of two. Yes. She's a badass and a hero and an actual miracle. Good for you, Ashley Reeves. Oh, my God. You did it. You are the best. You win yeah. all the prizes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And we don't even have to talk about Sam because it's clear that Sam was a coddled, fucking spoiled, <laughs> oh rotten, like completely d- dissociated, like completely yeah. dissociated. And the fact that he had a diagnosis for his pee disorder or whatever is like, <laughs> I meant to God. look and see if that's real. Right? I got to look that up. Ugh. Urinary distress. What is it called? I have what no idea. Um, Fakeness. I am too coddled to pee <laughs> by myself. <laughs> urinary stress disorder i'm gonna look it up see if it's you real stress it doesn't even pop up oh urinary stress disorder in cats pop up. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think that we've all known shy peers like yes if you, if you they know anybody's around or you like look at them or whatever yep. they can't pee anymore but <sighs> yep. God, yeah okay Tr- stress incontinence so there's stress incontinence. yeah i don't think urinary stress disorder is no, a real thing that's what his mom told him so he could exactly. have his fucking baby ego stroked exactly 
tone, <sighs> like sends a note to his teacher and stuff. Right. No, there's like, the opposite where stress makes you pee pee too much. But right. Not, yeah. No. Yeah. No, you, that's exactly right. She told the teacher that he needed his own private bathroom time. Yeah. To go pee because he had this made up disorder. Stress disorder. One of the kids picked on him or something. Like, you know, that's exactly what happened. Yep. Wow. Oh, well, God, Court, good one. That was really good. So many chills. So many twists and turns. I'm so glad she survived. I was going to start with it being a survivor, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let this one be. special surprise yes it worked i was surprised i did i was wondering why you didn't say murder i did think of that but i forgot and then i remembered yeah (laughs) you did it yep left it vague well on the off chance that ashley ever hears this i mean goodness gracious wow you are amazing Thank you for letting us share your story. This is, it's incredible. Good on you, man. Good on you for making me believe that things can sometimes go right after they've gone horribly wrong. Yes. And then you can just like thrive. To survive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, love it. Yep. Well, so we are front loading a little bit because I'm going to Mexico City tomorrow. Yeah. First, First big vacation since COVID. Yep. Yeah, first venture out. It's Laura's birthday coming up. And so we decided we were like, we can drive up to Petoskey or something in Michigan. And then we're like, wait, we can go all other places now. We're vaccinated. (laughs) We can we can do this. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. So that's exciting. I know. So we're going to Mexico City. So I'm going to save name time. I have a couple names, but I'm going to save it for next time. Uh, Well, I sent you one today. Don't you forget. Back on the Earl, Earl Grey <laughs> I got. I was behind an Earl Grey plumbing truck again. Fan. I actually cut that out of the last episode because I was kind of mean to you. Sadie brought Earl Grey up again in the last episode as her name time. And I was like, let it go. But it sounded really mean when I listened back. <laughs> Sadie can't let it go. Then she did text me that Earl, uh, Earl Grey. It's going to be one of those things. I'm, I'm going to now see it. All the, all well, the now time. it is becoming funny. Now that you're like, texting me the photo, it is funny. Now it is. It's right. I know. Yeah. Uh, I knew I would get you on board. There's that funniest thing time. ever. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh, anyway. All right. So are we doing date breaths, meditation style, jingle style? What's your? What are you feeling? I'm not entirely sure. Let's just see what comes out of my right. body. I'm just going to okay. zen out. I'm just going to. See, just, see what happens. Yeah, let the demons inhabit me. Art, <laughs> but the appreciation demons. Yep, you can have your own appreciation demon. Just sign up for our Patreon. You can come over and hang out with us over there if you want. And you know who did it? Tell me. Thank you so much to Yvonne M. Yvonne <laughs> says the appreciation demon, and then all the people come down from the stands from the mountain and not a satanic way, but in a celebratory way of Yvonne. She's the one that's upon it. She's the one that's upon. She's the one that they want to bring on and on and on into the future of the world, Yvonne. <laughs> Yeah, rock opera. I guess we're going rock rock Doing opera. It. I guess we're always kind of going rock opera. Yeah, but. yeah. Thank you so much to Alex B. Alex B. 
is one that we all know to be the quantity and the quality of variety of Alex at B to the centimeter <laughs> from the edge of all of the existence in the world in the universe alex b just to recap what i said is centimeters from the edge of knowing and being and becoming all that they would ever want to be just mere fucking centimeters do you understand what i am saying to you alex b you're there you're right fucking there it's right there just get it just alex go, just, just reach fucking out get just it reach out right it. there thank you alex yes <laughs> thank you so much to grant g if i was going to grant you three wishes i would wish that you remain exceptionally powerful and grounded and focused and available in your power in your uh process in your communication with the divine within yourself because you have it stay with it stay with it wish two i would grant i would grant you the wish that you would not give up never give up stay focused stay uh, positive stay bright stay up there will be downs but only in service of the ups right so Mm -hmm. sometimes you get down but that down is your down it belongs to you and it's only there to teach you how to get the fuck back up because Mm -hmm. that is what you are going to do i would grant you this third wish that you know that you are where you are and nothing that you are supposed to have has not will will not be given to you right so mm-hmm. you will always have what you're supposed to have the universe never takes something from you that doesn't belong to you that does belong to you right so if it belongs to you you will get it 100 yes. percent of the time if it's not yours you won't get it it's you're not supposed to have it so just stay true in that believe in that because it's true got it grant yeah get it one more all right thank you so much it's me wringing my hands yeah to lisa h lisa listen lisa have you ever wondered why when you look around at everyone around you that they are looking at you with a little bit of that sparkle sparkle in their eyes they're looking at you with a little bit of the razzle dazzle in their souls it's because when they look at you lisa they feel what it feels like to know a person who is exciting who is intoxicating who is Mm -hmm. enticing Mm -hmm. who is inspiring Mm -hmm. who is just wonderful you're just wonderful lisa and so you don't have to wonder anymore that's why they're looking at you like that yeah breath period end of fucking story Yes. Don't question me about it anymore, Lisa. <laughs> Stop asking. I'm not questions. going over this again. Because <laughs> when I look at you, it's, it's too powerful. So the end. Thank the you guys end. so much. Woo-hoo. We did it. We did another episode. We did it. We're done. <laughs> yes. Yes. We can't wait to do it again. 
Yes, and thank you so much for being here every week. And if you want to spend more time with us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like today's episode, if you're inspired by it, if you got some fucking chills from it, share it with somebody you know will want to hear about it. Or if they are equally fucking weird and Uh out there as the ex-sisters are, and you know that they should be a part of this family, invite them in. We would love to have them. Yes, please do. Speaking of please and chills, uh, you guys go listen to Courtney X new podcast. It's not oh, new. It's thank old. you. Season Dude. two of Please Leave, my horror <laughs> podcast, Ugh. is back. It's, it's it's just so good, Courtney. And I really, thanks. I mean, like, I'm your biggest fan, duh. But also, I am very picky. We've talked about this before. I'm legitimately picky about tr- horror. horror. I was going to say yeah. true crime. Uh, we do that well also, but <laughs> the horror, and you just nail it. You nail it. And I don't know how, Thanks. and I'm so glad you do. So Thank please you. leave. It's out right now. The new episode is out. Go listen to it and don't be yeah. jerks and give her a review and tell her that she gets a million dollars so that she'll continue to make them. Okay. Yes. And please share because it's, I really, really, really want to keep doing it, but I just, it's hard yeah. to. Getting that momentum a lot going of work. is. Yeah, especially yeah. when you're just trying, you're so busy anyway, yep. um, to see but, that it's moving helps yep. continue. Like the only reason we're still doing this is because it continues to grow somehow. Yeah, um, truly. Yeah. I mean, truly, if I know people are listening and they're counting on it, I'm going to fucking do it. But right yep. now there's like, you know, 14 of you, which I love you for. But yeah, if it's growing and I know people want to hear more, then I will continue to make more and make it more of a priority and like build yep. a team, which I am doing currently. I'm building a team to keep it. To keep it going because I can the stories just come out of me like water. I can just yeah, wow, make them forever. I'm I'm the, I'm going to be the <laughs> I just leader of your bridesmaids. Fan club. About, it's coming out <laughs> it's of me like, like lava. Water. That's what. It is. <laughs> yeah, I'm the official um, fan club leader. What is it called? Thank you. So yep, fan club leader. If you want to be in my fan club, come hang out with me. I'll tell. We can talk about each episode every week. It's so good. Yes. Thank you. Well, You're please welcome. rate, review, and subscribe for both of the podcasts. Yes. And thank you, AJ Bergens, for our music. Thank you so much. Um, and remember, go listen to Courtney's podcast, you guys. Please Thanks. leave. Do it. You won't regret it. It'll make you want to die inside because it's too scary. <laughs> it's pretty the scary. End. I do think it's pretty scary. I pretty it much is. scare the shit out of myself. So no, it go really check it out. is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we have a do uh, one of our listeners submitted some stories. Oh, so if you have scary yes. stories, I am picky. So I will be honest if I don't think it's a good fit. And by picky, I mean, I know what kind of stories I want on Please Leave. And it's like, it's pretty specific because mm-hmm. there are other podcasts that tell different ser- kinds of stories. And I don't want to tell those kinds of stories. So if I say no, it's not because your story is not good. It's just because it's not a good fit. But uh, one of our listeners submitted and her stories are going to be in this um, season and so I'm really excited to tell her stories and if there are other people that have stories that they want me to read I'm very happy to read them yes love it yeah we love you guys and thank you see you next week and we love you so much okay goodbye goodbye Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.